When you choose on-demand production, your business will eventually end up thinking about how to choose the products and their brands that best represent what your business stands for. But it doesn't mean that making these choices has to be difficult. Today, we'll speak to the CEO of Solo Group, Odelia Kreef, and explore what actually goes into apparel manufacturing and how to know what to look out for when you're making decisions about the products you want to sell. Hi, Odelia. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Elsa. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's so nice seeing you here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Souls? So I'm Odilia Kreef. I'm the CEO of Solo Group. Solo Group is a leading supplier of blank apparels, of customizable products. And we have five brands, the most emblematic one and historical one being the brand uh, Souls. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been in this position? So I joined Solo six years ago. And before that, I was working in the consulting industry at uh, the Boston Consulting Group, BCJ, working mainly in the consumer industry on strategic, digital, and uh, organizational topics. As far as my academic background is concerned, I'm an engineer. Oh, wow. That's a very technical background, I would say. And you know, that's the beauty of running a company like Solo Group. It's that it enables me to, to combine my patience for fashion for tech, because that there's, and we'll talk about it, there is a lot of tech topics here. And also, I would say the, the urgent need for uh, for sustainability. So it's a very quite complete world to work in. Yeah, that's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about Souls as a brand? What does it stand for? Why was it created? What do what do they do, basically? Souls was uh, creating uh, in 1991 by uh, Alain Migro, who's uh, still the president of the company. And uh, Alain has always been, you know, passionate with communication and fashion. At that time, there was a kind of belief that, you know, when it comes to a printed garment to a customized textile, what matters is the customization. It's the logo, it's the text, it's the design on it. And it was of a strong belief that at the end of the day, the blank apparel itself matters as much as the customization uh, does. And so he decided to shake up a little bit the coats and, and to bring more fashion trends into this industry. And that's how Souls uh, started. Today, it's a brand that is distributed across almost 100 countries. It appeals to many markets. So let's say three big markets. One is promotion, marketing, campaigns, and events. The second is everything which is related to workwear. And the third one is, of course, retail, e-tail, including, uh, obviously, uh, print and demand. I think what makes SARS really unique today is that first we are designed in Paris. So uh, we, we get uh, inspiration from what we see, what we feel e e living in Paris. It's the fact that it's a sustainable brand and our garments are made to be decorated. Mm -hmm. That is unique, I would say. So how the textile industry has changed uh, over the last 10 years or six years where you have been there? Like how, what's different now? What are the trends that you are seeing in the textile industry right now? There are several trends that have shaped the textile industry and, and probably will continue to shape the textile industry. But I think the most important one is probably the demand and the quest for sustainability. Sustainability, traceability and, and transparency. So when you talk about uh, sustainability, there are many things be, behind uh, sustainability. First, if you go for qualitative garments, by definition, this will be sustainable because then garments are made to last. And this is the first pillar of sustainability to make sure that whatever you design, you develop, make sure that the quality is there so that the garment uh, will last. Then, of course, there is more and more demand 
for sustainable fabrics. So you can choose for cotton, but you can choose for organic cotton. You can choose for uh, polyester or you can choose for recycled polyester. Whether you're working in B2B or in the B2C industry, there are an increasing demand for sustainable fabrics. But sustainability, you can look at sustainability all over the value chain. So at each step, for instance, of the manufacturing process, you have ways to optimize the consumption of resources, whether it's about water, it's about chemicals, it's about energy consumptions. So sustainability also applies, of course, to the production process and even to the supply chain. Look at the packaging, for instance. There are many ways to reduce, to recycle, to reuse the packaging. And so sustainability should be looked at as a very end-to-end trend and end-to-end demand. Do you feel that uh, companies are now more aware of sustainability and the need for it, or has that changed at all? Basically, when a, a huge change happens in the industry, normally you have uh, four criteria that needs to be matched. The first is really that you need a kind of burning platform. So here the burning platform is, is real. Huh? The, 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 the planet is burning and there is no uh, planet B. You need a consumer trend, so you need a consumer demand. And I think more and more consumers are getting aware of what's going on and they ask and they want to know. Third, you need also the technology in place. I mean, if you want to sell recycled cotton, you need to have the technology in place to be able to actually recycle the cotton. I think more and more technologies are getting available to make things work. And finally, you need the law. And normally when you have the legislation in place, which pushes to the change, then the change obviously happens. So I think, yes, as we have this kind of four criteria gather, for sure, I think the industry is has already changed and will have to continue to change. And how do you approach sustainability in a solo group? As you mentioned, it's a very end-to-end thing. You have to think about the production and the packaging. Do you have process in, in place in, for, for you to figure out how to do it as sustainably as possible? Sustainability has, has already been part of the DNA of the company and especially within the social part. The social pillar of sustainability was really at the core of the action of, of the company since the beginning. In 2021, we have decided to put together all our engagements and initiatives towards sustainability in a program called Wear and Care. And this program, we have three pillars, product, people, and planet. When we look at the product, first, we believe that our business model is by definition sustainable because we develop products that aim to last. So yes, they are trendy, but they are here to last for many years. So we are not afraid to put product in stock as long as they are qualitative and as long as the design is trendy, but timeless. And so by definition, this is a very sustainable way of looking at the products. But of course, we'll go one step further. We are always looking for a new sustainable fabrics. So from organic cotton, in-conversion organic cotton, recycled materials to improve our sustainability in our products, in our fabrics. And you said it, the manufacturing process, it's very important. So we will always choose factories and accompany our factories to make sure that all along the value chain, they are really looking for optimizing the level of consumption of resources. Then comes the social part. We source mainly in Asia and we are extremely proud to source in, in Asia as long as we are sure of the working conditions. So it's extremely important for us to choose factories and to follow up uh, factories so that they are offering 
the best working conditions to uh, to the workers. And for that, we are part of Fairware, which, you know, helps us, pushes us and pushes our factories to always improve themselves in this particular area. Yeah, that is very important. That is extremely, uh, extremely important indeed. And the third pillar is about the uh, planet. And uh, here, it's really about how to decarbonize uh, what what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And so we have many actions in place. Again, uh, you, we need to look at each and every step of the supply chain. The packaging is a very important one. The way you set up your warehouse, the kind of lights you put and so on, everything all together should enable us to reduce our carbon footprint. And that leads us then to be able to offer traceability to our customers and the customers of our customers and transparency, which is to be able to, okay, let's uh, let's walk the talk. Yeah, exactly. It's so many little things that uh, it might seem overwhelming, but all of those are so necessary. You mentioned uh, as one of the things that you do is uh, trying to find new organic uh, textiles that you can use. What have been the challenges in that area? What makes it so difficult to find those good textiles that work for you? If you think of organic cotton, there is an increased demand for organic cotton, but the supply is not there yet. And it will take time. Huh? You need to know that to get from a standard cotton to organic cotton, the land needs three to four years. Mm -hmm. And today, what is extremely interesting is that now there is a denomination, which is in conversion cotton, in conversion organic cotton, which pushes and incentivizes the farmers to go for the change. And that's a very interesting one. It's a very virtuous circle because as they can promote the in-conversion organic cotton, they have an increased incentive to drive the change. But today, yes, the supply is far below the demand. And so, of course, then you have an impact on the, on, on the pricing. Yeah, of course. And then when it goes for uh, recycled materials, then you are facing uh, technologies limitations. There are more and more opportunities, more and more new ways of getting to the perfect recycled materials, but still a lot more to do. Is the price point a concern for companies that come to you and want to do something with organic materials? Is that something they are sort of worried about? I would say that all of them and all of us wants to go for sustainability, but then who will actually pay the price? That's uh, that's a bit the concern because with the sustainable options comes also higher price point uh, at some point. But I think the consumers are getting more aware that's how it is and they're more willing to pay that higher price point. And so companies just need to act as well. We hope so. And we hope that, you know, the very strong trends in the consumer industry that will, of course, pushes the, the company to act toward more sustainability. But you see, when you look at the market, on the opposite, uh, I will, I, and I will not mention any names, but you have this uh, super fast fashion <laughs> industry and these online shops that are capable of uh, proposing novelties every day at a very cheap price, which is a bit the contrary of what we want to convey. So Yeah, we also feel that here at Printful that there's uh, two very opposing camps, so to speak. But I think a lot of it is also about education and about speaking about sustainability and why it's important and why it's going to matter in the long run as well. And I think the beauty of uh, the, the combination of our both our business models, the one of Solo Group and the one of Printful, is that you can answer the quest for speed and for novelties while being sustainable. Yeah. Simply because you, you produce only what you need. So no overstock. You print only what the consumers ask. 
And our stock will never perish. Our products are made, are designed to last. And so that's combination. And again, if you go uh, in addition to sustainable fabric, then the combination is really an excellent answer toward both the demand for sustainability and the demand for speed, for renewal, for fashion. Uh, for style. Mm -hmm. That's a nice way to, uh, to answer this, uh, this demand. Let's talk about the fashion part of it. That's my favorite part still when working for a apparel company. How do you get those designs that you end up producing? Where, do you, where does the company get inspired from? We are in Paris first, so that helps a lot. We talk to people, we go for shopping here and uh, of course uh, all around the, the, the globe. We read uh, newspapers, magazines, we watch fashion shows. I can tell you uh, Fashion Weeks in Paris, this is something uh, where you get a lot of uh, inspiration. And uh, we talk to, uh, to trans agencies as well, who uh, explain us and help us also to anticipate the future trends. So it's a very 360 ways of looking at uh, fashion, at understanding where the industry is going to. And even if at the end of the day, we do B2B, we do blank apparel, there's a huge fashion component in what we do. I noticed that on your website, you also have a collection that's specifically meant for uh, direct-to-garment or DTG printing. What's the difference when it comes to DTG printing and creating apparel for DTG printing specifically? When we develop garment for DTG. We do three things. Basically, we are very close to machine makers. We really understand carefully the specification and requirements of the machine. And we spend time with the machine makers understanding not only the process, the printing process, but also understanding the chemicals. Second, we spend time with printers and uh, we look at the way they implement the process in the facilities, their behaviors, because that matters as well. We spend a lot of time also in the factories, making sure that all along the manufacturing process, everything is done so that at the end of the day, we get the perfect garment. So it means choosing the right cotton fiber, the yarn, the knitting process, but also the right dyeing recipes, softeners, and so on. And most importantly, we test. We test a lot. So it's a very iterative uh, ways of working. We develop, we test, we improve, and then we retest until we get the right, uh, the right fabric. That uh, sounds like it's a relatively long process from the idea to getting the product out there. Do you have an idea of approximately how long does it usually take to launch something new? We take the time. It will be very uh, surprising maybe for, uh, for you uh, to, to imagine how much time we take. But it's a very long process because once we've launched a product, it has to last. And it has to be consistent uh, years after year. I mean, color consistency, style consistency, and price-wise, it has to be correct for our customers. It's uh, very different from the fast fashion industry, and um, it's quite a long process to develop the right garments. I can imagine, yeah. From the customer perspective, like if we imagine Printful's customer who's a store owner, they open either Printful or some other site and they see a lot of options. There's so many blank options out there that they can use. What are your suggestions for them? What are the things that you should pay attention to when you're choosing the products that you want to customize for your brand? A very simple answer would be choose for souls, of course. <laughs> I would first say, follow your heart. You know what fits you as a designer. You know what fits you as a brand. So pick up a style that really fits what you are, what message you want to convey as a designer, as a brand. Because at the end of the day, what you want is that your customers, your clients, consumers are happy to wear your garments 
and I'm happy to wear them again and again. And I'm happy also to come back to you and buy a new one. When I say also follow your heart, I mean, you should always choose for a brand whose values are aligned to yours. And especially when it comes to social commitment. Seeing when you are a brand designer, at the end of the day, you're responsible for the garments you are selling. So it's extremely important that you are aware, you're conscious of what the brand is doing a bit behind the scene, that you get to know what the commitment of the brands are, what the engagements the brands is having. And this goes also together with the certification. I think it's, it's very important also not just to look at the very nice words that we can see. It's green, it's conscious, it's blah, blah, blah. But behind the word, there are proof, there are proof of concept, there are certifications, there are concrete actions. So I, I would always look for, uh, for, for values behind the brand. And then from a very pragmatic perspective, I think the, the fabric is really important. So you, you should always go for extremely qualitative fabric, fabric that lasts. And if you can afford it, go for sustainable options, for sure, because that really creates also a sense of uniqueness in uh, what you will uh, offer to your uh, clients. Yeah, and I, I think that the good thing about using a print-on-demand company is that you can always test those fabrics, see if the customers are interested in them and then adjust either the price point or the design. I think it's a good way to experiment with something you haven't tried before as well. So you mentioned sustainability as one of the bigger trends that's shaping uh, textile industry and e-commerce in general at the moment. Is there anything else in the future that you are excited about or you, you want to see happening in the industry? I hope there will be more and more disruptive way for uh, traceability. We are currently starting a traceability uh, solution, which is called AWARE, which combines both a chemical tracer that is uh, put into the fiber and that you will find at the end of the manufacturing process in the end product. And that combines this chemical tracer together with what we call a, a digital passport that is aggregating all the information on the manufacturing and production process. It's an existing solution. It's working. Uh, we've tested it on uh, three products and, uh, and we'll hope that we'll be able to deploy this solution in a much wider way. So the idea is that the end consumer will be able to see all the sort of... Uh... Yes, information. Oh, yeah. wow. That would be something quite interesting, quite, quite disruptive. So I believe there's a lot to come in the traceability and in the transparency, obviously, uh, that uh, we owe to consumers. There's a lot also to come, and it's a bit uh, further. Mm -hmm. Smart textile, I think AI and data analytics, everything that we will be able to do much faster, much more efficient, thanks to uh, artificial intelligence, will come. There's a lot about immersive fashion, uh, the way uh, the offline and online uh, experiences will be connected. I think there's a lot more to come and a, a very exciting future for our industries, as long as we keep in mind that we need to be sustainable. This is our duty to continue to develop this industry, but in, I would say, a much more responsible way. I, I completely agree. I think it's way past the point where we sort of would like people to think about it. It's now the time that you actually have to, otherwise it's going to be very bad at some point in the future. Well, it already is. I have three, three boys huh? and, uh, you know, they were born in a completely different world than us. So for, for them, uh, sustainability, it's, it's a must. 
You know, they don't even question the topic. And that is something extremely interesting and very challenging for a mom working in the textile industry to have those three boys who are asking thousands of questions on how we're doing things and if we're doing things right. Yeah. But it's, it's a very good, uh, it's a very good way to interact and, and they are really pushing us. And that's extremely important. Yeah, it's accountability because they're the ones who are going to have to live with the consequences. Exactly. You also work with the U.S. market, right? Yes. And uh, do you feel a difference in how consumers see sustainability in the U.S. versus Europe? I think Europe is more advanced on the sustainability question than the U.S. I see it coming in the U.S., but I would say little by little. I would say that in Europe, we are much more advanced on this topic. Also, the U.S. look at sustainability with a short-term supply chain lens, I would say. So made in America is something that really matters. And is also the way to look at sustainability. But we see emerging trends as well, and that's extremely satisfying, about sustainable fabric, organic cotton, recycled cotton, recycled polyester. Explain us what is it, asking a lot of questions. So we see the trends coming as well. That's good. That's uh, hopeful. <laughs> yes. So if our listeners want to find out more about uh, what Souls does and what the Solo Group does, where, where should they go? Where can they read a bit more about your sustainability initiatives and everything else that you do? So you should definitely go to our website. It's extremely well explained and well documented. We love digital experience, but we also love the human experience. So we are always happy to have a chat. Give us a call. We can always explain what we are doing. And we do a lot of trainings as well. We do trainings on what on us, on what we are doing, but we do also trainings in general on what is organic cotton, on certifications, because we think we have a duty not only to promote our brands, obviously, and what we're doing, but also to educate the people in the industry towards sustainability. So this is something also that we're extremely happy to go for. Yeah, that's amazing. Any big brands out there should definitely give it a go. The, the more you know about sustainability, the better it will be exactly. for your business. And it's not an easy topic. Many things, many developments, technologies, certifications, logos everywhere, and a lot of greenwashing, obviously. So it's quite difficult to find your way if you don't know uh, uh, about it. Yeah, and I think uh, greenwashing is... Just it's so easy to accidentally even do some greenwashing on your side. And if I remember correctly, the fines right now are enormous if, exactly. if you get caught. The legislation has come into it, which is excellent because this will force good behaviors. Because at the end of the day, we work in the textile industry. So we cannot claim to be perfect. We know what we do. We consume resources. But what matters and, and our philosophy as solo is to say, okay, we are far from being perfect, but we want to have a path of progress. So day after day, years after years, we need to do better. And that is not only about using organic cotton versus regular cotton. Each and every step of the value chain that we need to look for either sustainable options or a bit more sustainable options. But at least we try to be in this uh, improvement way of doing business. Yeah, I think that's a very good approach. I've seen some brands thinking, I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do it at all. And I think that's the one of the mistakes that you can make. It's rather to try making some changes, at least some changes, rather than just giving up because you can't be perfect. Exactly. 
Thank you so much, Audelia, for this conversation. It's been very, very enlightening. And uh, I love how passionate you are about sustainability. And I can't wait to see what's coming next from the solo group. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our conversation with the CEO of solo group, Audelia Kreef. If you want to check out Souls, see the episode description. You'll find all the necessary links and information there. And remember to tune in for the next episode of Ideas Fulfilled by Printful X Snowcomers. 